Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I am your host, Eric Fisher, and this is the show where I talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm excited to share with you a conversation I just had with Jerry Dugan. He is the host of the Beyond the Rut podcast, as well as the new book by the same name. And in this conversation, we swap some podcast stories and then dive into his book that has manageable steps that you can follow to create a more fulfilling personal and professional life. The book is packed with relatable, real-life experiences that guide you through the process of identifying the hurdles in your way and helps you take control of your life. If you feel like you've been lacking agency, this is definitely a conversation for you and a book for you. Whether you're wanting to enjoy more time with your family or advance your career or your business, get more out of your paycheck, ultimately optimizing your life, this book is a must-read for you. So I'll just get out of the way and say, enjoy this conversation with Jerry Dugan. Well, this week, it is my privilege to welcome to the show, Jerry Dugan. Jerry, welcome to Beyond the To-Do List. Awesome, Eric. I'm glad to be here. And I'm probably going to get tongue-tied because my show is Beyond the Rut. And- I know. <laughs> I was just going to say, this is, this conversation is going to be so beyond. It's double the beyond. <laughs> it is. Oh, man. Oh, oh man. Was- and you now have double the things that are beyond because you've got a brand new book called Beyond the Rut. It's appropriately named after your show, I think is the best way to put it, and your business for that matter, which is great. Oh, yeah. Uh, the book started off as the manifesto for the show. Like, ah. This is why the show exists. This is what the show is about. And uh, it's got these stories of people who've been on the show. It's got my own stories. It's got stories of the team members who used to be on the show because we started off with three of us and now it's just me on the show running it. I still say we, which I guess freaks some people out. They're like, who else is in here? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Podcasters always have voices inside their head. Yeah. Because if we're talking to a camera, just ourselves or into the mic by ourselves, we got to have somebody in our head that we're speaking to, like our avatar. 
So anyway, I, I wrote Beyond the Red initially as the manifesto. This is why the show exists. And as I kept adding to it, it wound up being the framework of living beyond the rut, creating that life worth living in your faith, family, and career. And I was like, wow, I got a bona fide book. I need to make this look good and professional now. So what was originally going to be a PDF freebie is now an actual self-published paperback, ebook, and audiobook. And I'm just excited. I'm like, wow, I did it. I really did it. So to confirm or, you know, finish laying the bricks in the context, you know, foundation here. So you're saying the book was actually the original idea before the show or vice versa? It was simultaneous. So okay. uh, when I took over the show solo in uh, January, February, 2021, I uncovered like the original business plan. The three of us on the team had written from 2015. So we, we launched the show first and year one, the idea was that we would take the stories and lessons discussed on the show and compile that into our manifesto. So by 2016, we would have had a, like a free ebook to give out. It was supposed to be our giveaway. And then a year after that, an actual published book with lessons and workshops and so on. So I'm looking at this document in 2021 and realizing that nothing in our strategic plan had been done other than let's just keep publishing a show. So that was the original plan to take those lessons learned, pull them together into a book and share that in another medium, which was the written word. That's great. And I love the intention of having that plan from the starting point. That's not something that necessarily when I started my show, I didn't have the forethought of what am I going to do with this? You know, I, I just thought, you know, I just got started. I just thought, you know what? I, I had been doing co-hosting on different shows for so long and decided now was the time to create a new show as the old one that I was co-hosting on. The only one left was phasing out. And I thought, let's just get started. And I did. But have lots of lessons over the 10 years of over 10 years now of doing the show. And congratulations to you as well, because you started off with what, 2015 with three of you. And now it's and then up till what, 21. So if I do the math, that's like, what, seven, eight years, something like that. And then you took over solo. That's amazing, man. So interestingly enough, I don't know if you want to share this. We can edit it out if you don't want to. But I know when we saw each other at Podcast Movement, you came up and you were like, you know, I got to tell you the story about how the similarity between the names of our shows. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah, I don't mind sharing this at all because I, I tell this to other people that, you know, like Beyond the Red had been like the minor league team for the longest. And whenever you like go into like the the platforms where you can listen to podcasts and you start typing in Beyond the your show would always pop up as the autofill. And even when I finished writing the whole phrase, Beyond the Rut, your show would still pop up there as the autofill. I'm like, who is this guy? And uh, and so we would check out your show. And we're like, actually, it's a pretty darn good show. And then we started with <laughs> like, can we snag any of his guests? And like, we're like behind the scenes, like stealthily, like we were like Burger King to your McDonald's in a sense. Like, where's Eric going now? Okay, well, that's not us. Okay, we'll go that direction. And But it was just really cool. Like, wherever we went, like you were either there or already there or just the autofill alone. And so it, I wouldn't say it gave us a complex on Beyond the Rut, but uh, it was actually something really funny because simultaneously, I don't know if you know this story, but there's another Jerry Dugan out there who he and I have been fighting for, I guess, internet presence since 2006, I think. So he beat me to jerrydugan.com. So if you oh. look that up, it's going to be like this video director out of Las Vegas. So then I was like, well, I'm the real Jerry Dugan. That was after he had beat me to a bunch of other things. So I like, I got there first for Twitter. I got there first for Instagram for a little while, but he got the domain and I keep looking to see if he's 
like hung it up and the guy just keeps getting better. I'm like, ah, dang it. (laughs) That's not a good sign for me. I'm never going to get that website out of his hands because he's just getting better and better. And, uh, he's found his niche with like Las Vegas area commercials. He's done a couple of B films, that kind of thing. But yeah, that's, that's how we knew about you. And then I I got to meet you in person. I'm like, I was like, this is Eric. <laughs> All these years of like social media and cyber stalking you. It's like he's like really in front of me. And now, like, now, now be cool and introduce yourself like a normal person. And I think I immediately threw that out the window and just geeked out. And I was, I was surprised you didn't run away after I did that. <laughs> okay. So, so you shared, you've given kind of your confession, your sharing here. I'm going to give one that I've never shared to anyone anywhere. And that before I ever met him in person, And it was completely unfounded, and I don't really know why I thought this, but the nicest guy in the world online that you'll ever meet, Pat Flynn, I somehow thought was a jerk. I am completely wrong, and I don't know why I thought it. I just, it wasn't that he came across as like internet salesy or whatever. I just don't, I don't know. So it just goes to show, first impressions, especially through the internet, aren't always accurate. But I think what's funny is here, here is actually kind of this this early days scrapping and trying to, you know, make anything out of what I'm doing whatsoever kind of stuff can get a little bit falsely competitive and, and in a sense almost because you're trying to avoid getting stuck in a rut. See what I did there, transition, and then called it out so that then it didn't work. But anyway, it's very interesting that we kind of go back to some of those base instincts of jealousy and competitiveness and things like that. I want to come back and loop around to that, but let's go back to setting up some context here. So your show is called Beyond the Rut, and it's a great name for a show. It's one of the few Beyond the shows that I endorse. There's a lot of other Beyond the shows out there, so I am glad that my show gets searched all the time because of that. But anyway, obviously you had an intent for naming the show that with your cohorts as you started, and I'm curious, what was the original intent, and was there any shape-shifting or shifting of perspective in your mind as you took that over as a solo artist, so to speak, continuing the band? The original intent was there were a lot of shows out there already that share the story of the person who hit rock bottom, you know, whether it was addiction, being assaulted and left for dead, you know, just a lot of those extreme shows. And uh, Brandon, he's the original host of the show, and he brought myself and the third person, Sean, on to to be the supporting staff, in a sense, in this three-person team. Uh, We'd all served together in men's Christian ministry. So in any case, the original intent was, let's be like the preventive medicine for men out there. So let's find the guy who seems to have all the boxes checked what success looks like. They're married. They've got kids. They've got that corporate job that maybe has a six-figure or a high five-figure salary. They've got the cars. They've got the house. Their kids are in all the activities. So everything looks like it's going well. But if you were to get inside that man's heart and mind, he feels like he's stuck. He's in a prison. He can't leave the job he hates because it's providing the life that everybody else seems to love. So this is the person who is on that verge of if nothing changes for this guy, he is going to leave his wife. He is going to leave his kids. He's going to probably quit his job and he's going to spiral out of control. So how do we help this guy find success in his career, his business, whatever his dreams are, and also thrive in his faith and his family and also keep his health in the process? And and so that was the whole intent of Beyond the Rut. Like Things are probably looking good for you. You got all the boxes checked. 
but somewhere deep down inside, you feel stuck in a rut, either in your faith, your family, your fitness, your finances, or just your outlook on the future of what's ahead for you in life. And if that's the case, listen to some of these other stories of people who've been there and they've done something to make a pivot. And now either they've arrived or they're arriving to that life where they've defined success for themselves and they include their faith and their family in the process. That's where Beyond the Rut came from was, you know, life is so much more than just the paycheck and the job title you have. Uh, And it also means nothing if you lose your family and your perspective of your character in the process. Yeah. And so that's what you started off with. I'm curious when you took it over yourself, did anything of that mode, that model, that motto, I should say, change for you? Or did you just what we had was great. We're going to set out keeping on with that. I think what had happened over the first five years and and the reason why Sean and Brandon had stepped away was we never stayed focused on our focus, (laughs) like, you know, learning to podcast, learning to put a show together, getting the show notes together and just doing that week in and week out. And then interviewing people was, was fun and we were growing from it, but we also lost sight of why we were doing the show. Who are we really trying to help? So five years in, you know, Brandon kind of just had this epiphany for himself At the same time, when I'm building momentum and getting excited about podcasting and looking forward to podcast movement and and meeting other podcasters and and having ideas of how this can grow, Brandon already pod faded without me. And it was just, that's where he was. Like, we're kind of all over the place. We kind of do the same conversation every week, just with a different face. I don't know if we're making an impact. And so that's why he had stepped away. And so when he had done that, it was the complete opposite for how I was feeling. I was feeling like we're building momentum. I'm starting to hear from other podcasters. We're starting to get requests for people to be on our show. You know, my family even doesn't roll their eyes as much when I talk about the show. <laughs> like, because <laughs> they, they put up with me talking about podcasting for a long time, almost a decade as well. So it was an aha for me in terms of why am I podcasting? I love doing it so much, but does this mean I hang up beyond the rut and start a whole new show? Or is there another purpose here? And when I thought about it, as Brandon was thinking about his exit strategy, I was thinking about what's next for me because I'm not ready to hang up my podcasting gear and my podcasting experience. But what is my message? Like, what's the thing I want to do next? And it just kept coming back to the same thing. Remember, the show is about helping men in the 30s and 40s who are Christian. They're married. They've got kids. They seem to have everything going for them, but they feel stuck in life. And and that just kept coming back to me. And I shared it with my wife. She's like, that's your show. Now, either ask Brandon if you could take it over or start one from scratch. And I was like, oof, I don't know if I want to start one from scratch. I, I like where we're going. Uh, we're looking at updating the logo. That's why I reached out to Brandon after he had told me he was done, done. I was like, well, how do you feel about just handing the reins over to me? Give me the the URL, the rights to it, all that stuff, and I'll carry the torch. And uh, he graciously said, yes. He's like, here you go. He gave me all the passwords. He also gave me all the billing, <laughs> so he, he wasn't going to take it on as a sponsor, at least for the, well, he technically sponsored the first year, 2021, because he'd already paid for everything in advance and he refused to take any payment from me to pay for the year. And so he essentially gifted me that first year, 2021. I think in some ways for him, that was like an apology for leaving the show, but Hey, it helped me get everything in order. And so for me, I guess the pivot wasn't so much, I'm going to go a different direction. The pivot was let's get back to what the show was supposed to be about. And let's get back to the avatar. The avatar's name is AJ. What are the things I want to do to impact AJ's life? And once I recentered back on AJ, the avatar, it all just started to make sense. Let's have guests that support AJ's needs. 
let's have messages that support AJ's needs. Uh, and then I even talked to a few of my listeners, a friend of mine, Scott Green from Llama Lounge. They just recently hang, hung up the reins for their show. But I asked him, like, what are you guys looking for when you listen to my show? And he said, I love it when you talk about faith and family and that intersection. And then the second thing I love is when you talk about career but putting your family first while accelerating your career. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then I talked to two or three other men and I was specific to talk to the men who are listeners of the show. And they said the same thing. I love it when you talk about career advancement, but also keeping the family intact. So how do you keep your family going strong while you're working and striving to be a director or an executive or to go for that six-figure income? And, and so that helped me kind of bring all that back together. I want to talk about goal setting, defining success, advancing your career or business, but most importantly, keep that family lens in forefront. That's great. And those are all things that are in the book, which are great. All, all different you know, chapters and subchapters or subheadings and in chapters. And it's great stuff to dig into. It sounds to me like then you, you really had an epiphany moment, a, a kind of recommitment of your mission, your message, what you wanted to do with the show at that point. It brings to mind, I don't know why I'm thinking of this. I was sick earlier this week with like stomach bug. And so I had nothing to do, but literally for the first time ever in a very, very, very long time or ever, I had no podcasts to listen to. I listened to them all. My podcast listening app was empty. And so wow. I started going back through and I'm like, wait, there's just, there's some shows I haven't listened to in a long time. Let me see if they have any new interesting episodes. Dig through. Happened to find an episode of Rob Lowe's podcast, which he occasionally talks to somebody fun and interesting. And I saw he talked to LeVar Burton and I said, I love LeVar Burton. Grew up with LeVar as a reading rainbow kid. Honestly, if I could ever talk to LeVar, that would be one of the moments of my life, I am sure. But they talk and they're, you know, and they've known each other for years and years, had the same manager at some point or something early on. Anyway, LeVar said that in the past five years or so here, he, of all people, you would think he knows what he's doing. He's had such a great career. He had to get back to the like the essence of who he is and bring that fully to the work that he was doing. And that just really that sounds a lot like what you're talking about, where it's like, you know what, I really want to be who I'm meant to be and, you know, who I was created to be and, you know, all my gifts and you know, foibles and all of that put together in to bring my best self to my work and really show up for people and, and really do great work. So many of us chase what we think is the definition of success. And I remember when I was in college, my senior year, like I had to take a semester where the whole session was about defining success for yourself. And I'm like, well, this is a waste of tuition money. You know, fast forward a couple of decades, I'm like, I should have paid more attention in that class because I needed to define for myself what success really meant. And it was just over the next 20 years learning that, you know, I thought becoming a physician was what I needed to do. And that's what success meant. So becoming a doctor, saving lives and making an impact that way, making tons of money, drive a Porsche, even though I never really wanted a Porsche. Well, when you graduate from college with a 2.1 GPA, you're not going to med school. <laughs> uh, so that's how I wound up in the army. But it was after the army when I was at my first civilian job out of the army. It was a healthcare organization. They were willing to send me to nursing school and then ultimately help me go to med school with the idea that in return, I help their younger new grad populations really succeed in healthcare because where you have the most attrition in nursing is the brand new graduated nurse in their first 12 months. And so they're hoping if we have a young person who's experienced combat, who knows healthcare and can do healthcare, then that'll help us curb this trend and we get to kind of write about it and get awards and all that good stuff. Well, when it was time to send me off to nursing school, they told me and I hesitated. 
It wasn't like a quick, yes, when do I sign up? It was, huh, and it had to be this semester or could I wait another semester? And I started asking questions of like delay this process. And my boss, really great guy, Paul Catucci, he said, Jerry, go home and think about it and talk about it with your wife. You know, if you want, pray about it. I know you're, you're a spiritual guy and no rush. You know, it's Tuesday now. Tell me next Monday, do you want to do this? We got a couple of weeks before we have to pull the trigger on anything. And either way, I mean, you got a job with us. So, so don't worry about, you have to do this. I want you to pick what you want to do. And it was that success class coming back to me, but like five years later. And I realized, wow, since like high school, I was pursuing this like medical path that was never my dream. That was my mom's dream. You know, my mom wanted me since I was a little kid, probably since I was born to, you know, go to college, get good grades, go become a doctor, make lots of money. And you know, it just hit me. I'm like, that is my mom's dream. She wanted me to be the doctor. You know, my family, my extended family, if they ever bragged about me, it was because Jerry's going to be a doctor someday. And so that was never my dream. I still didn't even know what I wanted to do, but I at least knew I did not want to be a doctor. There was no way I was going to be happy doing it. Working in a clinic all day, working in a hospital all day was going to make me feel trapped. Even if I was helping people and saving lives, I was going to feel trapped. And that much I knew. But yeah, defining success for yourself, I think, is just so huge. I think a lot of us, we get stuck because we realize the path we're on is not the one we wanted to be on. It's somebody else's path, somebody else's influence. And at some point, we went on autopilot and we let somebody else just kind of guide the course for us. Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Walking a path, in other words, going in a straight line for a very long time, or sometimes it can feel like a record where it's a groove and a record and we're walking it around and around. We're doing laps and we're not lapping anybody else. We're just, we're in our own solo race, right? That That's kind of this continual feeling of, I'm trying to describe, like for some people, when you say the word rut, that's what it feels like. It yeah. feels like a never ending race against just yourself. Although again, we talked about comparison earlier and you feel like you see other people walk past you or run past you or have a, a similar podcast name as your ideas and things like that. And you're just like, what is going on? What am I doing? And it all comes down to, we've never stopped to take the time to define one, what we think success should be, or if that's even, you know, accessible or, or applicable or practical, we haven't defined it in other words. And so because of that lack of definition or lack of pausing to have time for definition, we then get to the point where we're in that autopilot mode and not in a good way, in a bad way. And 
then we get to that complacent place. And so it's almost like we're in that. Well, again, I'm turning the thing from angle to angle to angle so that people can kind of get a sense of the rutness of it all. And that's when we start to make poor decisions. And not to say we haven't already made them at that point, but it's that at that point we feel like, well, Nothing I've done's mattered up till this point. So even though I have all these hats and predetermined commitments and expectations, internal and external, that I just need to shake it up. And to shake it up, we go to even worse decisions, most likely. Yeah. Or like the the golden handcuffs. Like Yes. I've come across a lot of folks and I, I even faced that less than a year ago. In fact, the week after you and I met at Podcast Movement, uh, I was faced with this and it was you know, like, oh man, I, I just realized I am not happy in the job that I'm in, but it pays so well. It's the highest income I've ever earned. It's the highest title I've ever had. You know, my father-in-law finally likes me because of this job, you know, <laughs> all the things. But my wife reminded me of my own show and it was like, Jerry, your show is about being stuck in a rut and getting out of that rut. And and one of the things you talk about all the time is that, you know, we all in some way, shape or form kind of hold ourselves back. and it sounds like you're holding yourself back for the paycheck. And if that's the case, you got my permission to quit. I think she said that because she knew we had savings that can get us quite a few months out uh, before we had to like replenish that stock. And I think we just condition ourselves to stay in that rut. You know, it's, uh, I think one of the, the sections in my book, I talk about, you know, the circus elephant that stays in place with this like little tiny rope around its ankle tied to a stake in the ground. And they're so conditioned that sometimes the circus doesn't even put the stake in the ground. They just lay it on top of the ground and the elephant knows this is where I stay. And the elephant has all the power. Even when the stake is in the ground, that elephant has more than enough power to just get up and go. But over time has learned this habit of when that rope is on my ankle and it's on the ground, I don't go anywhere. And yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Like if the paycheck is coming every two weeks and I've got the benefits and if I leave, I don't have that anymore. At one point though, I mean, we just got to kind of look up and look forward and say, gosh, what would it take for me to just walk away from this or to walk towards this other thing I want to have? If it's money that's holding me back, then what do I need to set aside so that I have that reserve in place? Uh, if it's for benefits, calculate that. You know, what do I need to have insurance outside of this job? Am I trapped because I need, you know, pharmaceutical medication? Maybe. Is it possible to have that outside of the job? Also, maybe. And so there, there are other possibilities out there, but I think when we're on that autopilot in that groove, like on the record, we don't bother to look up and look around and see what else is out there. It's like going hiking, but keeping your focus on the trail for every rock and root and missing out on all the vistas that are around you or missing out that family of deer that is like right next to you on the trail, which has happened to me a lot. Nothing has scared me more in the woods, by the way, than a group of deer that get spooked by me and take off running. And then I get spooked and it's the highest pitch scream in the forest but no one's around to hear it. So does it really happen? I don't know. But uh, <laughs> anyway, the point I'm making is, you know, a lot of us don't realize how easy it is to just kind of look up, look at our options and then make a decision of, I want to do a new thing. I want to go in a new direction. I'm going to go for it. This is what it's going to take for me to get there. Well, I love in the book that you say that, you know, you're not alone. None of us are really alone when it comes to this one, because we aren't alone. There are other people who are there to help, but two, there are other people there, you know, you're, you're talking to a specific demographic, but there are multiple people that are struggling with their, everybody's got their rut. In other words, is what I'm trying to say. And so because of that, and that 
not just empathy. We have more than empathy. We have camaraderie in in order to pull each other up. I'm a huge West Wing fan. Um, <laughs> haven't watched it in a while. Probably want to get back into it at some point just because. But there's this one part. Oh, gosh, I'm going to butcher this. But it, basically, there's a part where uh, the one guy says to the other and he's trying to get out of PTSD because of uh, a shooting thing that happened against the president. I don't know if you're familiar with this at all. But anyway, I haven't seen the show. yet. OK. And he basically says, you know, like one guy falls into the hole. The other guy walks by and he's like, he pulls him out. I am butchering this. I wish that I'd looked this up and I wish I'd never made this reference. But Westming people, you can write in and let me know uh, how wrong I got this. But the point I'm making is that somebody who's been in the pit before is somebody who's going to be able to pull somebody else out is basically the point. He recognizes the signs, in other words, that the guy is not okay. And so that's the main point. My editor is going to kill me for for saying all this because he's one of my <laughs> West Ring buddies. So anyway, uh, but that's what it comes as, is, is that those people that have struggled are the ones who help struggling people. Oh, yeah. Because you've been there, you know what works, you know what doesn't work, you know what holds ourselves back uh, in these are- you know situations or arenas and, and so it's it's like Hamit from you know the Hunger Games series right he was the only guy from district 12 to win the games so what's the best chance for district 12 to win get Hamit in there because he can tell you what works and what doesn't work and how to navigate the crowd and all those things and you know, th- that actually happened to me recently like when I did leave my job uh, just a few months ago from us recording this conversation I didn't know how to launch a business and I'm still learning how do you leverage your podcast to start creating a business and start creating multiple streams of income all alien to me but you know running into you know folks like yourself Lou Mangello actually all but hit me over the head and said you need to start a community you need to start monetizing your show and he said if you don't I'm going to tell Cliff Ravenscraft and he didn't say that but Cliff had told me that a year prior like you need to start monetizing and you know if if anything just to start building the momentum and offering something out there people are going to want to support you and so that's one piece of it. But also when I left my job, my wife was in a Bible study group. The lady leading the group says, hey, my husband used to be the guy that ran Concentra. Uh, he still networks like crazy in the area. And I'd love for your husband to talk to my husband and just see who else your husband can talk to to network and find a new job because that was still kind of the, the plan at the time. And it was almost like one of those business analogy books, like Who Moved My Cheese or The Five People You Meet in Heaven kind of stories, because this guy, Jim, he has a short conversation with me via email, and they connects me with three HR professionals with the sole goal of finding people for Jerry to talk with who may have a job opening. So it's purely networking, help Jerry find a job. First guy comes along, turns out his story was similar to mine. Toxic leader at work, just realized it wasn't worth his health or his family to just keep getting this paycheck, and he leaves. It took some time to, to find a new job, but this guy, Jim, the husband of the Bible group leader, helped him out. And so that's why we're now having that conversation. And th- this first guy, his name's Chris, he's like, but Jerry, I'm listening to you, and now's a great time, by the way, for you to pursue your dream. Write your book, pursue your dream. Make it happen because now's the right time to do that. And if it doesn't work, the industry that you work in is going to be a hot market for the next couple of years. You'll easily get a job right away if nothing works out. So go for it. I was like, what? No way. My wife's not going to like this conversation. He's like, I just feel led to tell you that. Second guy comes along. His name. Oh, man. What's his name? Uh, He was the second guy. Uh, But anyway, I talked to him. Same thing. HR leader experienced the same kind of thing. The first guy Chris did. And he says, you know, same thing to me. 
now's a great time for you to pursue your your dream. And I didn't really mention a whole lot about my dream. I, it was like, this is the kind of work I do. Yeah, I got a podcast. Yeah, I got this. And he said, pursue the business idea that you've got. Now's the time to do it. And if it doesn't work, give me a call. I'll probably have a job opening specifically for what you do uh, in the next six to 12 months after this recession thing subsides. Uh, he worked in the tech industry. And then the third guy comes along. He's a headhunter. And he's like, dude, I could easily find you a job. So as a backup plan, tell me the 25 companies you would really love to work in. Let me be one of the 25 people you tell it about. And then here's the 24, but you need to pursue your business idea. And I was like, shoot, I just got that from three guys who are supposed to help me find a job. And all three of them say, go pursue your, your dream job, your dream business, make your dream a reality now while you can. And if it doesn't work out, you're in a hot market anyway for the, what you do. And I was like, man, I'm going to tell my wife this. And I tell her, she goes, okay, cool. So what's the plan? I'm like, even my wife's on board. This is so weird. And then other podcasters came forward. Uh, Vincent Puglisi, he came forward. Ken Carfagno, uh, he and I were chatting. And Joey Mayberry. You know, and these are guys who are podcasters who found a way to leverage podcasting as a business and have other business elements. And I've just been learning from these guys for the last like six months and building this out. So going back to what you were saying about collaboration, it's the same thing. When, if you want to bust out of your rut and you know create that, that path that really is meant for you, don't be afraid to share with other people who've been on a similar journey. Cause just like Eric said, you know, they've been there and they've got some lessons they can share with you and they got some encouragement they can give you as well. And it sounds like it's not just about knowing that you're not alone, but that moving from that uneasiness, that rutness feeling, you know, that I was trying to describe in many different ways, it feels like you've got to move not from just that feeling, but to like the actual awareness as, oh, and hopefully somebody listening to this right now is like, oh, that I'm in a rut or have ruts. Sounds like you would suggest you've got to identify the ruts in your life before you can do anything about them. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't know what it is you're facing, yeah, you're just going to be spinning your wheels. You know, in the military, we're all about knowing who you're up against. What are their capabilities? What's the objective you want to accomplish based on what you need to do, but also based on the obstacles you face? And then what's your measure of success? as well as your exit strategy. Like that'll tell you, this is where I need to hang it up or go a different direction. And yeah, RUT, you know, recognize the rut you're in. And uh, one of the things I recommend to folks is, you know, just take a half day or a full day and just think about where are you in terms of your faith, uh, whether it's a Christian faith or another religion or nothing religious at all. Just sort of like, what's your, your higher calling you want to be a part of, your cause, your purpose that you've given for yourself? Where are you in that? Are you living true to that? And then family. If you're married, you have children. If you're divorced, got children, divorced, no children, whatever the case is, who are the people closest to you, uh, the relationships that matter the most to you? And how are those going? Are they strained? Are they uh, growing further apart? Or are you truly making them come closer? Fitness, you know, there's the physical fitness aspect, but also your emotional and mental wellness as well. How are those going? You know, what would be ideal for you? You know, we can't always be happy all the time, but are there more happy days than sad days? Do you have hope? And then finances, you know, how are those going? You know, if you were to lose your job today uh, or lose some, some jobs today, if you're in business, how long could you go if you stopped earning money today? You know, how, how does that look? You know, what kind of cushion do you have? What would it take to have the kind of cushion you would like to have? And then uh, the future, you know, how does that look for you? Do you see yourself growing in any way, professionally, personally, relationally, and so on? Once you see how you're doing in those areas and you kind of compare it to understanding where you want to go, you start to see the gap. Like, okay, 
this is what's missing here. This is what's missing here. This is where I really like to have here. This is what I have going for me over there. Now of all these things, you know, what's the one thing that if I take care of that, it's going to help a lot of things fall into place because we can't do it all, all the time, but what does that balance look like? And, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of folks say there's no such thing as like work-life balance. Life is just life. But, you know, there are, there are fulcrum points. I like to think that there is a balance to everything. Maybe there's a season where you put more effort into work than say working out. Maybe working out is more important because that'll make you more productive at work. Uh, and then being more productive at work means you can put those boundaries in place comfortably to spend more time with your family. And so there are fulcrum points, I think, in each of these areas. But yeah, really assessing where am I stuck? How am I stuck? What is the thing I hope I can achieve or do that'll realign everything back to where I'd like it to be? And then take the action to get there. So RUT, recognize what you're in, understand where you want to be, and then take action to get there and, and measure your progress because you kind of get what you measure, right? You, you get what you inspect. And if you're not measuring you know, things like weight, calorie intake, you're not going to hit your fitness goals. If you want to improve your life with your family, you know, really look at how much time am I spending with my family? And then what's the quality of that time? Like I could be in the living room with my family, but if I'm on my phone the whole time, which I have been from time to time, if not a lot of the time, then what do I need to do to not have my phone be the primary focus for myself? You know, maybe that thing goes in the other room when I'm around my kids or my wife. So kind of around long answer to how do you recognize that rut to get out of that rut? But that, that is huge. You got to know where you are and where you want to go. Yeah, for sure. I want to wrap up kind of all that we've talked about in, in terms of you've got the book. The book goes into so much more detail, pulls so many more lessons that you've collected over the years, tried and true lessons from all the different guests that you've had. And you're still going strong, which is great. Volume two of Beyond the Rut, the book oh, yeah. <laughs> at some point in the future. Right. And uh, or expanded versions, I guess. But anyway. There's so much more in the book and in the podcast that you're continually delivering value with. The book is out now. Uh, I'd love for to be able to point people to where, one, they can learn more about it, dive more into it, as well as checking out the podcast. And if they're not a much of a reader, well, fine. You've got an audiobook version, too. So, you know, you've got it all covered, in other words. So where can people go to start to move beyond the rut and walk this journey with you and your listeners and your community? Yeah. Number one spot would be go to the website beyondtherut.com. And from there, you'll find all the different avenues that you'd like. If you want to just follow me on social media, the links are there. If you want to listen to the podcast, it's there. If you want to go to the book, I'll have a page up probably at the end of the day today. But if you want to go straight to the book, beyondtherut.com slash book. And I've got that redirecting to where you can find it on Amazon right away. So you don't have to go hunting for it. Awesome. Jerry, it is great to talk with you again, even though it's not in person. It's digitally in person. Can't wait to see you in person face to face again sometime soon. We'll get to the same conference probably later this year, same podcast conference. But until then, it's been great talking with you. Thank you so much for being here. Awesome, Eric. Thank you so much. And I got to be on your show. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's another podcast crossed off your listening to-do list. I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Jerry as I did. I was glad to connect with him again after seeing him at Podcast Movement back in August of 2022. If you found this conversation helpful, I would love for you to do me and Jerry a favor by sharing this conversation with somebody that you know needs to hear it. Hit that share button in your podcast player app of choice. Send it on over to them. Let them know what you were thinking and why you think this would help them or entertain them or inspire them. Thank you so much for sharing. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you next episode.